Welcome to the Seventh Art Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Robertson. I'm a producer, one of three producers on the magazine. Uh, joining me here is host of the magazine, Christopher Heron. Hey, Ron. The interview you're about to hear is with legendary German filmmaker Margaret von Trotta. She sat down with us during the 2012 edition of TIFF and um, had a film called Hannah Arendt uh, in the festival. Chris, uh, how did you enjoy it? It's interesting to do a biopic on a uh, philosopher because she's got a writing style and you have to figure out how to best represent that in a film about her life. The performances were great across the board. Um, we were very excited to talk to Margaret. She's She was one of the bigger filmmakers that um, came through during the festival. Uh, we were really lucky together. Um, I think in the same day we talked to Costa Gabras which was um, a big it was a big day for us because we were huge fans of the, her films and yeah they're, they're they're both interesting filmmakers in the sense that they have a lot of films um they're ingrained in film history but we only had a relatively short yeah. period of time with yeah. both of them so we sp- in, you spoke on a few of the, the films in in this interview you're mostly going to hear a discussion of hannah rent uh with it looping back to maybe two or three of her other films mm-hmm. um some general mention of her work in tv mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I definitely overprepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had read the, the entire read books, <laughs> uh, seen everything she's done that's available. Yeah. Um, well, she was happy. I think um, she came in and really early on felt really comfortable with you and uh, gave like a really nice interview. Oh, it's a really nice interview. I, I'm happy with it. Yeah. Um, I just wish we had more time. So right. without further ado, enjoy this interview with uh, Margaret Von Charta. writing by hand. Yeah. You have not your computer with you. Oh, that's right. I have a diary where I'm already always writing yeah. with my hand every day. It's nice. No, and people are not used anymore no. to people who are writing with the hand. And I'm in a coffee shop because I'm writing mostly in a coffee. They are all <laughs> looking, oh, what she's doing there. All these, the others with the computer, you know, and <laughs> what is that? <laughs> When we start the interview, the coffee will come in, in it. In that, yes. Yeah. yes. Keep, it's like a coffee shop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, are, we are rehearsing. No, we are doing a, like in a, in a real film, no? Yeah. Come, come, coffee comes in. So I, I understood the thesis of the film to be that thinking is a lonely business. And I was wondering what that meant for the story and also the form, how you represented that with Hannah. But you saw the film already. Um, no, thinking in the way, in a way, is the main theme of the film. Mm-hmm. Even if if it's not only a woman who is like this, and and you can see her thinking. Uh, uh, I started with her lying down no, on the sofa, because I found that she was lying when she was thinking. She was lying down, and uh, and looking with open eyes. No. And you c- could see in her eyes that she was she was thinking. So I, I start the film with this moment, no, and I'm uh, ending the film with the same position, no, on the sofa, and and 
and, sh and then sinking and non-sinking for, for Eichmann, who is not sinking, who is thoughtlessness. She is the one who is sinking. And where comes the sinking from? That is Heidegger. Mm. She learned and she always said Heidegger was the king of sinking. So she went there as a student when she was uh, 18. And she, in a way, she learned with him what can be thinking, passionate thinking. Mm. No. And, and then he, she confronted this way of thinking to the non-thinking of Eichmann. Mm. But on the other hand, uh, Heidegger, for a, for a certain time, uh, was um, a party member. Mm -hmm. and, and, sh and then you can ask yourself, how could it be that a man who is, his profession is thinking, uh, and the lonely business of thinking, that he could be uh, attracted by, by such a terrible ideology like, like, like the, the, the Nazis. No? So that is, for me, the point in the film. All these different ways of thinking, and it's also for her a problem because he, he had, she had an affair with Heidegger, she loved him, she loved him even through her whole life, even thinking that he was, a, a, in a way, a criminal when he, he joined the party. No? And how could you stay with a man who did that, mm. who went to, and, and she as a Jew who had to, to leave Germany, you know, and she was uh, uh, an in exile, then she was put in an internment camp in, in France, and then she came to, uh, to New York, but always being stateless for a long time. So she suffered uh, so much from Nazism, and her lover was member of the Nazi. So how could you stand that? How could you go through your life with this? That was also a point for me. No? I was thinking that Hannah and Heidegger have kind of similar experiences with the concept of loneliness of thought because with Heidegger, it's almost like thinking being lonely separates him kind of from the polis or the politics. And, and there's that line where he says that he, he shouldn't be dabbling, he shouldn't have dabbled in it. And for her, she trusts almost that if she's logical in her thinking that people will get that but there's yeah but that was a big difference yeah. and in the beginning when she was studying with him uh, she saw that it's thinking is a lonely business and you have to be only interiorized now and you get uh, uh, all that from the interior and then with the, with the politics and with the whole story she lived through now uh, to being a victim of, of, of Nazism, to be in exile, to be... And then she understood that she had to look outside mm. also, that she can't be only uh, uh, on her own. And that is her thinking of plurality, you know, then, and that you have to be open to the world. And, 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 uh, and when Heidegger then, after the war, he was... Um, uh, he he had not the permission to teach anymore, no, mm. for a for a certain for a certain time, and then. Uh, but after also, she he came back as a professor. But he was then. Um, he said he said I don't want to have anything to do with the world. No, he t retired into this space mm. of lonely thinking again. No, and that was for her. It was not forbidden then. And she was against this sort of retirement from the world because she said we have, we are living not alone and we have to dialogue with the world and we have to look into the 
world. And that's for Amor Mundi, that is for our love for the world mm. that we have to do it. No? So they were very, very far away from each other, even if they have had the same, let's say, the f philosophical school of Kant and, and, and mm. Platon and so yeah. no, They came from the same direction, but then she went into another. Uh, direction versus the world to open herself to the world no mm. and to observe it yes yeah. yeah to observe it and to analyze it yeah and what I find interesting is when you have to depict her thinking the camera is so dynamic it's always moving in and it shows kind of yes the fluidity of her thought. yes it's, it's, uh, that is it yeah that was the purpose of, of this always moving camera and when she's having good conversations when she's able to communicate these thoughts the camera tends to yeah. move around but yeah. When she's having, kind of when she's talking with her editor at the New York Times, it's, there's the movement of the camera's kind of stopped. It's in yeah, because that's a confrontation then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She has to confront uh, William Sean from the New Yorker. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering, because with most of your films, it, they tend to take the political angle and localize it in the private, kind of the interrelationships between people rather than taking a wide view of society. And is that something that's happening again here with only one brief moment of Hannah's life. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you have a, a sugar, perhaps, and a spoon? It's minute, oh, you do, did, did already. Oh, thank you. Oh, you are so caring. <laughs> Couldn't end. <laughs> so the, 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 po the political in the private and, yes. the, and taking a smaller section of view of the, the issue. You think that my other films had more uh, intervenement? Uh, no, I think it's the, the same. I think it's, it's the same. It's like a yeah. consistency. Yes, yeah. yes. That's my my work. It's a little bit. Uh, uh, in a way, I'm 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 following her, her or I followed her, in my way of, of describing or thinking mm. before I knew her. Mm. So to looking to the world yeah. now. Thinking, but also looking to the world and, and trying to understand. Her main sentence was always, I won't understand. No? And that's my, my issue always. I never judge so much the people, or, 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 or I, I try to understand what's happening, what, what was in the past, what is now, where we are going. So, mm -hmm. because I can't. I'm not intellectual enough. I'm not, a, you know, a, a real analyst. I, I, I have to understand that's so all. I can't dare to say it's like this and, to, and give some theory or give some advice. That's mm. not my, and it's not the, the, the role of an artist, I think. Yeah, the, it seems that the complexity in your films always lies in the interrelationship of the characters rather than the form. Like they don't they don't have like a radical form, but there is a radical quality to yes, the story. Yes, yes, that's true. But here in this film, I'm let's say my 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 style is rather classic. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to, you know, to draft you to be like a, a very modern. First, it's in the 60s, and then it's about thinking and about and and politics, and and it's such a difficult theme mm. to follow her her speeches and to follow her her her, her thoughts. Mm. Now, if I would have t uh, chosen a, a, a very very. Um, like you say, very style of mm. you, uh, throwing you in your eyes, images, and so you could. I think you couldn't have followed so well what she's saying and thinking. Mm. So it's in a way you can say it's a classic film, or it's a uh, 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 
out, uh, you know, out of mod, uh, no? Mm -hmm. but, but I chose it on purpose to, to give people the possibility to think with her. There's one element to the form that I found really interesting, though, and I'd say it's less classical. I'd say it's the one moment where it's maybe not as classical, which is during the Eichmann trial when you were weaving in the documentary footage. Yes. And it's, it's especially at the start because it's when Hannah's actually there, but what she sees is the TV, like the reverse shot is... Yes. But it's not, you don't see a TV, like it's, it's playing with concepts of reality. No, that was my, uh, my, my, my solution because I didn't want to have an actor for Eichmann. Mm -hmm. He is such a very mediocre and, and so it's, it's a type you can't act it out. Mm. If, even if you are very brilliant as an actor, the public will always see the brilliance of the actor, but not the mediocrity of the real man. Mm. And he was so nothing. He was really a nobody. And when you could understand German, he's not able to finish one sentence grammatically right. Mm. So really you could feel how he's not not thinking man. He, he mm. gives up his own possibility to think to, uh, to the ideology of, of the Nazis mm. and to Hitler and he's a follower of this ideology and he's just a bureaucrat and uh, from here to here he has to, 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 to organize the transport to, to the concentration camps and the, the train starts here and goes there and that is his uh, job and, and he doesn't think what happens after. Mm. No. So, uh, and that you have to see the real man. And so when I was there, because it's the courtyard, it's not a real courtyard, it was a theater which were then managed to be this, no? Mm. In the time, and I was, we were in, in Jerusalem, and it, it doesn't, does exist still, no? Um, this room. Mm. And under the, this room, there was a press room, and I saw it, the, the room. So, and, and I saw uh, uh, photographs of the time and, and there were on the, on the, the four walls were these monitors where people who were already also writing and so yeah. uh, could look and could follow uh, the, the process on these monitors. And so that gave me stylistically mm. uh, also the the right to put in this uh, this uh, black and white footage mm. because she was sitting in the press room and she was not only sitting in the for me for my own um, explanation I said she was smoking so heavily and in the press room she was uh, permitted to smoke and uh, in, in the in the courtroom no you, you couldn't smoke there so she was more in the press room to have the no the mm. possibility to smoke and that was for me you know to make up a, 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 my my own explanation and then I in, in when the film was finished I spoke with the niece of Hannah Arendt, who's still alive, yeah. who lives now in Germany. And she was, in the time, she was with her in Jerusalem. And she went uh, often with her to the trial. Mm -hmm. And she said she was sitting all the time in the press room because there she could smoke. So I, I even had the, the excuse, yeah. no? I, I found myself and it was real. <laughs> so you see, sometimes you have a feeling and then it, uh, in the end, it, it comes up as a, as a truth. Mm. And, and the dead vice is in, first introduced with the newscast before. And I, I, what I found interesting is you see kind of a shot of almost like a television like this right here. And 
then you get the reverse of Hannah watching it, mm -hmm. and then it's, it's tighter. And, and what that introduces, especially with all the Eichmann footage, is you're seeing what she's seeing, mm -hmm. but as a spectator, you're aware of that she's able to see more, like she's almost able to pick out more yes. of what's happening. Yes, yes, yes. And, and, and documentary footage is routinely interwoven into your, your films, I was wondering. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's not so much on purpose, but here it was, uh, I don't choose my themes to put in uh, black yeah, and white yeah. footage, but, but here, sure, if you are speaking about history and about yeah, uh, reality, uh, uh, then you, and there, there exists this material, and here it's really fundamental mm. that you put it in. Mm. You are speaking about Eichmann and you can't put in an, an actor, it's, it's absolutely mm. impossible for me. Mm. So what were the challenges that arose in, in kind of representing the 60s, and, and one thing that I'll, I'll ask about that is that the New York scenes, with the New Yorker specifically, versus the rest, because those seem to be played a little differently by the actors, almost like a little more like the 60s are typically represented in America as kind of a little goofy or a little um, sillier than sillier. Yeah, than the, like the, the counterpoint being Hannah's conversations with her intellectual friends. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They tend to oh, have yes, a little more you feel weight. Uh -huh. <laughs> but uh, you speak about the, the town hall scene where they are all together yeah. and, and attacking her for... No, I'm thinking no. of just the New Yorker, the, the preliminary meetings with the New Yorker staff before uh, oh yeah, you find that it's um, it's a little bit simplistic. No, I'd say that it's kind of almost touching upon the stereotypes of New York in the '60s. Specifically, the I don't know what her role was at the New Yorker, but the woman of the three. Uh, uh, yeah, but that was a real woman. Yeah, yeah. And even that was the the the, the, the maîtresse mm. of William Shaw, no? Mm -hmm. And she wrote a book. Uh, but we, we, we changed the name mm. because she's still alive. So. <laughs> but um, but uh, but she was uh, that was a real character. Yeah, there's a real contrast between yeah. those dialogues and the dialogues yeah. that are happening in the apartment. Yeah, sure. It, it also leads me to think of the the moment where they're speaking in German in the apartment. Yeah, that was also a thing which what I liked as an idea because. Um, um, uh, one told me, or I read it also, but also Elisabeth Young-Brühl, the first uh, biographer of, of, of uh, Hannah Arendt, she told me, and also uh, Lotte Köhler, she was still alive, that was her, her old friend, but very much younger, you see, mm -hmm. you see her in the film too. And <coughs> I was in touch with both of them uh, during my research, and, and they both told me that they spoke uh, American with their American friends but when they were very uh, engaged mm. in a discussion, and it, it became like this, then they turned over to German. Mm. And they didn't care less if, if, the, if the Americans could understand them. They were so much in their discussion that they don't, didn't care. And so I found that very typical for, because when you are an exile uh, coming over from, from Europe and you are a, a, a European intellectual, which was considered in these times still more cultural minded, more intellectual, you, you were a little bit higher mm. in, the, in the standing of, of, of um, intelligence and intellectual as, as the Americans. Mm. So for them, and also for the ex accent, no? Mm. They d didn't try to learn the American without an accent. They all had an accent, in, in, uh, so they didn't care. Mm. 
And so uh, I, I found that very interesting to, to put it in the film, this contradiction. No? And also she has a terrible accent. She even had a more terrible accent. <laughs> in reality, she was really like Thomas Mann. He, yeah. he, he spoke as, uh, also like that. And we tried to, to soften it down a little bit, but she's still uh, heavy, no? Mm, yeah, yeah. You can, you can uh, uh, stay her accent. It's, yeah. not, it's not too disturbing for it you? It seems true almost. Yeah, like, it's true. Like that is for sure, yeah, but yeah. it's not caricatural, caricatur yeah, no. no. Um, I'm interested in also the figure of Lottie in, in that dynamic because she seems almost to be observing silently a lot of the time of what's happening yes. and you feel as a viewer maybe more of a connection with her as someone that's there but yes yeah. absolutely yeah that's right was that and that was the now when now she she died last year Lotte Köhler and she was more than he had more than 90 years mm. so I met her very, very, very lately, mm -hmm. but she, I could understand why she was so close to, to Hannah. Mm. And Hannah, she said always, Hannah was a genius of friendship. Mm. Well, that, you, you see that with Kurt, too. Uh, is it Kurt? Uh, in, uh, Kurt Blumberg, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, that to her, friendship matters it, more. Than, ma, yeah. yeah, and she says it, and that mm. is from a real letter. She mm. wrote to, to Gershom Scholem. He he attacked her for for the mm -hmm. book, no, for the Eichmann report, yeah. and and he he said he he wrote you you doesn't like your people, and uh, and she, and and she said I never I never loved people I only can love my friends, so I find that a very very nice sentence and a very nice um, um, how do you say co concept. No. Well, that's not the only network that exists, and like everyone is friends, even if they turn on her or they turn their backs to her. The only network of people in the film, like we don't really have yes. characters outside of yes. the reviewers, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, but also because I, it's a, it's a small mm -hmm. film. <laughs> I, I, did you see that the whole the the, the apartment of New York, we, sh we 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 shot it in in Luxembourg in the studio. <laughs> so the background is is is, is painted, oh, not wow. painted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't see that. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm <laughs> I'm happy for it. <laughs> we had not the money to shoot in 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 in, uh, in New York because it's terribly mm. expensive. So we had to 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 get this solution. <laughs> and you don't you don't miss uh, New York so much, no? It's almost like. It is the ideal of what you imagine New York to be in the 60s, and that's the most mm. important thing. Probably if you shot there even now, it would maybe look stranger. No, we had to, to then, to, with a digital, mm. uh, you know, uh, make it up for the 60s. Yeah. That would have costed much more than, than I had. <laughs> uh, I'm also interested in, in the use of flashbacks in this film, and in your work in general, it seems like flashbacks have a tremendous importance on them, and they're used kind of sparingly, but for really important. Yeah, because I think. It's part of your life, even if you're staying here and then all of a sudden you think about something which happened before, mm. yeah, in mm. the past. Or you are, uh, yeah, you, you are linked to persons who are uh, from the past. And so that's all, all the same, mm. you know, and that happens in the same moment. So why not put it, put it in? Mm -hmm. Because I'm going with the mind and with, the, with your, your feeling, mm. and feeling and mind, and so you are sitting here there and all of a sudden I see my son there. It, it can happen, mm. no? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So <laughs> no, he's he's not. My son is blonde, and yeah, he's not looking like much. him. <laughs> but uh, you know, so that yeah. um, and and I think it's all uh, on the same level in a film and in your life. And so why not? Well, with Hannah, the shots that precede the flashbacks are usually the same shots of when she's thinking generally. So there's also that comparison that's made to the past and just the mind yes. in general. Yeah. Yeah. Was, was that an attempt to kind of like? I'm curious with a, with a philosopher like this, you're you're adapting from their life, but you're also kind of adapting from their personality that comes out in their writing, and and how you dealt with that kind of challenge of how to bring in her personality as a writer into the film. Yeah, that's 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 difficult to to because you can't you can't uh, in a film you can't show one one who is who is writing and taping all the time and mm. writing and so i and so i put in these two big speeches mm. now one in, in german for the for the german class and uh, and one in the end and i think in the end it was really a, uh, a risk to mm. take because when did you see another film where somebody speaks for six minutes yeah and you and you stay mm. with it because uh, normally you said oh no not more than two <laughs> minutes nobody will see will 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 last so so we we tried and she's so brilliant mm. barbara that you are going with her you can feel with her you know and and she's developing her ideas during she's speaking you know so you go with her you can think with her and that was my yeah, my wish that people could go with her. And I, I found it interesting to end with the shot of, of the New York skyline. I was curious why, what, what it went into that decision, because it's also near the very beginning, there's the same shot, basically. Yeah, it's, it, no, it's, it, it's also <laughs> a little bit uh, uh, helping the spectator to believe that all that happens in New York <laughs> since I had no money to go and shoot mm -hmm. in New York. Mm -hmm. No, we had to make it clear that that's New York. And um, it's, I like it that it's, uh, in, the, in the beginning is in the night and mm -hmm. the end is in the night, the night shots of New York. So in a way when you are, when you are thinking you're going in in uh, not not always to the light. You are going to the dark, to the dark sides mm -hmm. of of life also. Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. and she's thinking about the evil mm -hmm. always. No, and so it's 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 like uh, the realm of the of the night of the darkness, and there it's coming in. Mm -hmm. This for me it was uh, also after we, we because we said we thought about if. In the end, we are putting, you know, your writings, uh, the, the manuscripts or something. But it's, after all this film and after the, the speech, which is so emotional, mm. and you stay, I wanted that the people can stay still a little bit, you know, with this feeling with her. And so when she's lying there, the feeling goes on. You have time to go on with your own feelings. It's very calming too, and I, I kind of got the sense from that shot, even with the darkness, that when she says earlier that New York to her is kind of a paradise, that I understood that versus, say, the beginning of the film uh, with the, the 
in front of the car. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is more of the danger and the, mm -hmm. the evil. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. No, but uh, yes, when they came to New York, that was 50, uh, 41, mm -hmm. no, and yeah. they came out of a nightmare yeah, yeah. and out of the hell mm. of Europe. So coming to a democracy, mm. they came out of, of all this tyranny and all, all this terrible, dark chapter of, no, of their life. And coming to, to, to the democracy, for them, that was really freedom and freedom as paradise. Mm. No? How was the experience with this versus, say, Rosa Luxemburg? Um, because you're dealing with another historical personality. Uh, Barbara is involved. <laughs> Barbara is always. Yeah. I, I, I made three films about three. We have to stop. No. Uh, no, I, I made two, three films now for, with important uh, portraits of important women, not important portraits. The film is very, not so important, but the the women were important. Mm. So the first one is is Hildegard mm -hmm. Vision, no Hildegard von Bingen. Mm -hmm the medieval woman, and then uh, in the beginning of the, the last century, it's uh, Rosa Luxemburg, and now it's, it's an Arendt now. And uh, yeah, it, 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 it was not thought from the beginning at that, but now all of a sudden, it's like I made a tri trilogy, mm -hmm. and always with the same actress, mm -hmm. no. But um, Hannah Arendt was very fond of, of Rosa Luxemburg. Yeah. also wrote a, 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 an essay, mm -hmm. no, you, you know that. So um, Rosa Luxemburg was the beginning of the utopia mm -hmm. of communism, yeah. no, and socialism, democratic socialism, which would nev did never happen then, mm -hmm. no, and she was still waiting for the realization of this utopia, no, and Hannah Arendt, she lived when the utopia was already over, and, and she crossed the hell of the, the century, no? this very, very dark time of the century. And when she wrote her first uh, book, which is the, the most famous also, perhaps even more uh, important than, than Eichmann, that was uh, about the totalitarianism, no? uh, origins of totalitarianism. And, uh, and there she, sp she put the Stalinism and the, the Nazism the, on, on the same level in a way. So before Stalin and after Stalin, no? So what, that was a, the, the two uh, most important thinkers, women mm. thinkers, of, of the last century in Germany. Both Jewish, both very intelligent, more intelligent than, 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 than the men around them. Mm. <laughs> and, and so that was also my, my question. What, what was happened in between and how uh, and now I think that Hannah Arendt is, is much more important for the last century than was uh, Rosa. Yeah. She was still a dreamer. Rosa was a dreamer, yeah. uh, utopist, <laughs> no? Yeah, yeah. And, and Hannah was, uh, went through all this terrible, bloody century. So she, she couldn't be a dreamer anymore. Yeah. I find that the, the, maybe the structure and the, the themes of the, those two films, uh, Rosa and Hannah, are, are similar. But I find that after you, you went into TV work that you kind of have a different visual style than maybe your earlier. It seems like it's more pronounced in some way. Oh, yes? Yeah. And I was wondering how maybe 
No, but I, I try to make my television films as yeah. if I make real cinema films. I don't make for myself. I don't make a difference. The difference is that you have less money and that you have less time. Mm. So the conditions are much uh, worse yeah. for television than for, for cinema, even if for cinema we have... Uh, if you saw the film of, of Tom Tykwer, mm. uh, The Cloud Atlas, no? Oh. Uh, he had 100 million yeah. and, and my film uh, is 6 million. So you see the difference. So if I'm making cinema films, it's always small budgets. But for television, it's still smaller. Mm -hmm. So um, the conditions are, are, are worse. But I try to make it uh, look like 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 cinema film also for television. Yeah, the, I'm thinking of the, the films themselves after you started first with TV. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. know why I'm, I'm seeing it at that moment, but especially like Visions. I, I think a vision is a... a maybe the most visually uh, expressive yes. uh, of the films and maybe that's just because of the story but yeah no I'm but also you have settings which yeah. are so visually so beautiful so that is an apartment in new york in the 60s it's not just a, a convent yeah. you know with all this uh, black and white <laughs> things and darkness and, and, and no that's it's uh, yeah that, that makes it's part also of this uh, feeling that the film is is more um, classical no mm, yeah, yeah I guess maybe also the, the portrait films you've made don't tend to have the same kind of critical distance that maybe the earlier your earliest films had where like they were able like you were outside of what you're depicting and that's how you could be critical of it where these you maybe feel closer to the material specifically. Oh yeah, you have the feeling? Yeah, I know, and maybe it's just the, the, the dynamic camera movements or... or uh -huh. No, I, I always felt very close to my to, to the people I described, but yeah. maybe you are right. I have to, to look at them. I never see my films again. Well, those I, early films, it was, it was dangerous to be critical because of the public funding that was, the, was not looked upon. Mm -hmm. Is that... Oh. <laughs> Let me see uh, when I have the next... Um, Bettina! Um, uh, you, have, you have still an, uh, another yeah, question? Well, I have plenty. I could talk to you forever. <laughs> oh, you're talking for hours. So. Hello. Okay. Very last one. So that must be the more important one. <laughs> The most no, but he's wonderful. I can speak with him also for hours. It, it would be a, a pleasure for me to go <laughs> on. But uh, no, no, we understand. Uh, it's yes. busy time. Um, maybe the last question will be: What one thing that, that occurs in your work that I really find interesting is is the gaze between women in, in the films. The kind of like there's information that's being transmitted that the audience maybe isn't even. Uh, even not aware, but they feel it. Maybe they're aware of it, they feel it, but they don't they know feel what it, it is. No, they no, don't know no, no, And no. I, I feel that in Hannah as well. And yes. I was wondering if maybe you could just talk generally Yeah, about I that. don't know. That is uh, my feeling for... Uh, I think you can express so much with only with your glaze, how I say, your gaze, gaze your mm. gaze. And, and looking... Uh, when I'm looking at you, uh, mm. I can change my expression and you understand me and mm. and 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 in 
in, in, in real life, perhaps women are understanding better. Men are, when you are flirting with them, then, then you, the oh, gaze is very, very important, no? But for, for other things, perhaps women have, have a special way to look at each other and to understand. I don't know. It's for me. It's it's unconsciously I'm doing it. it I'm not doing it on, mm. on purpose. Mm. But for me, the gaze is is very um, revealing. Revealing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, more sometimes than 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 words. Yeah. And so sometimes I I, I, I play around with you say something, but you are looking in another way. So you can give the the contradiction of the feelings. Yeah, there's a complexity mm -hmm. there that, you know, especially in classical filmmaking, would not be there where the camera's usually objectifying whatever mm -hmm. it's looking at, whereas this seems more productive, like something's being exchanged in the, in the, the cuts between. Yeah. Thank, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay.